All right, hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Join the Gabo and Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? Dom is going to be off for rest today, so it's going to be us two. So let's get into a fun night of basketball. Hey, Amen. Six games, very entertaining, some shocking ones, but let's jump right into it. Um, first off, the Heat beat the Thunder 108 to 94. Um, in this one, very balanced scoring from the Heat. They were trailing in that first half, but they came back with 34 in the third quarter and held the Thunder to 17 in the fourth. And then winning the game, Duncan Robinson, 6 for 13, 22 points. And as we know, if he could do that, they will win a lot of games. Kendrick Nunn, plus 23, 7 for 18 from the field for him out there. And uh, for the Thunder, Shagels Alexander did have 27 points. Um, but it wasn't enough because no one else could give him more than 15. And Dort struggled from the field. Um, as we've seen, if he struggles, they're going to struggle. Three for 15, 11 points, five fouls for him. Um, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? Yeah, just looking at the game for the Thunder, Shea had a great game, finished with 27, like you said, 10 of 15 shooting, two or three from the three-point line. But if Lou Dort is going to struggle, he was one for eight from three, three for 15 overall for uh, 11 points, a minus 11. And I'm looking at Diallo off the bench. He played 20 minutes. He went 0 for 1. It was a minus 10 with zero points. If those three are going to struggle and or if those two struggle and you don't have Al Horford, then Oklahoma City's playing behind the eight ball. And they're really going to struggle against a team like Oklahoma City. I mean, like Miami that started to find their groove. It seems like they're starting to figure out how they can unlock Duncan Robinson. It seemed like earlier in the season, he was a little bit bottled up because they were starting to Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson starting lineup, and teams were just going at him defensively. And it was they were just making it really tough for him. But they seem to start starting Kendrick Nunn has unlocked the potential of Duncan Robinson. He's continuing to be the player that we thought he was in a bubble. And Kendrick's kind of replacing what Tyler Hero was producing for them, even in the stretch that he's been out this last couple of games. So um, I like what I'm seeing from Miami. And I think that they keep playing this way, that they can, you know, get back to 500 and, and keep farming. Yeah, it's so interesting for Miami. Remember last year, early in the season, they started Kendrick Nunn. So he had – um, experience as a starter and then I believe he got hurt right and then the bubbles during the bubble did he get hurt he got hurt at some point and they just didn't even play him um, all postseason part because injury but then part they said it was conditioning but really it was kind of the matchups so it's kind of interesting I mean we were like Trey Kendrick none early but now you kind of look at it and he's a pivotal part to the team I mean they win this game with no hero and no Drogic, um and no Obviously, Avery Bradley's been gone for a while. So the only bench production they had really was Max Struess. And, I mean, he's he's looked really good for them. He's a plus 14 as well off the bench. But yep. for Miami, I mean, you can see it. The well-coached teams, I mean, Spolstra, Nurse, these guys are slowly starting to figure it out. Even though they look like they have a lot of flaws, they, they, had, they really had to win this game. I was looking, and they were down 11. I was like, they can't lose to the Thunder. Not when they, you know, finally look like they're getting it together. But, yeah, if they don't have Al Horford, Al Horford's been their second-best player at worst this season. And George Hill, he's been gone for a while, but he's just such a big factor for what they do because he just allows Shea and Maladon to kind of go off the ball a little bit more. 
when they don't have those two, they're just going to struggle a lot. And I mean, that's exactly what's been happening now as they dropped 12 um, and 19. Uh, moving on, <clears throat> the Bulls end up beating the Rockets 120 to 100. Um, in this game, the Bulls, hey man, they started off hot. Start off, I think, up 10 in the first quarter. Then the Rockets came back. But in the third quarter, they just exploded for 46 points and pulled away once and for all. Uh, Zach Levine, 21 points, 6 assists. Kobe White, 24, 10 rebounds for Kobe White. Off the bench, Thaddeus Young had 17. Um, for the Rockets, I mean, they were, just in, they were just hurt, depleted. They did have John Wall Eric Gordon, but again, no Oladipo, no Christian Wood. Wall was good early, but he ended up with 4 of 14 struggling. And Eric Gordon, 5 of 18, you're just, they're just not going to win any games if those two are going to play like that. And obviously, as we noted, <clears throat> noted Marcus Cousins, so they went back to small ball. But P.J. Tucker is not the same player offensively or defensively. And Daniel House just went out there, and he was just a minus 37, even though he led the team in – well, he led all starters in scoring. Um, Nuaba tried. He had 22 off the bench, but it just was not enough. Uh, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, so I was watching a little bit of this one, and, you know – it seemed like a close game. It seemed like Houston had a chance. John Wall was doing his best. He was out there struggling. He was three of 13, I believe, in the first half. If I got that right. Yeah, no, three of 11 in the first half. So was Eric Gordon. He was three of 10. So they were both struggling. You were just getting a little bit of production out of Daniel House in the first half. But Chicago really turned it on in that third quarter, especially Zach Levine. He finished with, I think, 14 points in the quarter. Uh, plus 16 that quarter, and they really got it rolling. And in that fourth quarter, Houston was so far behind the eight ball that they really had no chance. And it was really a game of the bench players playing in the, at the end of the game. But they got good – Chicago got good production on Zach Levine like they've always been doing. Kobe White was excellent. He was four for seven from three. Obviously, getting 10 rebounds is a surprise. Wendell Carter, he had 18. That was a plus. So I thought Sadoransky and, and Thaddeus Young were two really, really big difference makers off the bench for, you know, Chicago and Houston. They're just struggling to win games without their biggest, you know, second and third best players, depending on how you rank them. Probably the first best player, honestly, and, you know, Wood. Christian Wood. Having no DeMarcus Cousins, having, you know, Victor Oladipo still injured, Houston's going to be struggling, and they're going to continue to struggle until they can figure a way to get healthy and get some uh, momentum and some, you know, kind of cohesiveness. Yeah, absolutely. One thing, by the way, well, two things about the Bulls. One, um, back on our old podcast, Switch, Swish, me and Darnell used to talk about Wendell Carter, and I thought he was a bum and that Marvin Bagley was a lot better. Turns out I was wrong about that because Wendell Carter is actually a better player than Marvin Bagley. So <laughs> I am wrong sometimes, too. Not often, but sometimes. But another thing that we kind of got right earlier in the season, we've been noticing they used to put him on the bench. Garrett Temple is their most important player. I mean, he's a plus 39, which is ridiculous. And the reason is because he's the only guy who can kind of play defense out there. Um, and so he can at least guard someone. And that helps the rest of the team because, you know, Zach Levine not going to guard anyone. Kobe White not going to guard anyone. 
and he's the one guy who can kind of guard guards. Valentine's supposed to be that, but he doesn't guard anyone either. Um, so that's why Garrett Temple's been so important for them this season. I mean, just keep watching it. Um, he's really a big player for them. And now they're they're 14 and 16. I don't know how, but hey, man, they kind of are sneaking around in this Bad Eastern Conference. They've won four of their last five. They're, they're just one of the teams right now that just beats bad teams. And sometimes at the end of the day, hey, man, that's all it comes down to really is beating bad teams in this league. And they're eighth right now in the conference, right above the Hornets and the Heat. Um, and just a game back of the Knicks and the Celtics. So we'll see what happens with the Bulls going forward. I think they're going to kind of falter at some point. But, hey, man, they're just doing a good job right now. And um, just to Billy Donovan. I think it's- you said it's the Billy Donovan effect? Yeah, I just said kudos Billy Donovan. I don't know if it's the Billy Donovan effect. I don't know that far. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I think as long as Chicago finishes within the top 10, that, that can be considered a successful season because they'll have a chance to make the playoffs. It'll give the fans a little bit of hope, but it's not like they're a team that's expected to finish within the top six or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, obviously, and yeah, as we know, that top 10, the play-in game is very interesting, 10 through 7, uh, how that's going to play out. Um, moving on, the Mavericks end up being the Grizzlies 102 to 92. Um, in this one, Ja, 10 for 21, um, 22 points, 9 assists. Just, it's like one of those games, again, from Ja. Two for six from the free throw line, and he didn't hit a three. So you'd want a little bit more, but really, I mean, it's because other people got to shoot. And if Valanciunas has to shoot five of 18, um, that's just not going to work. Winslow got to shoot at one for 10. That's not going to work. And Dodd did shoot it a lot, but it's like the wrong people sometimes for this team get too many shots. Um, obviously, no Dylan Brooks. So Grayson Allen starting lineup one for six, minus 17 out there. And that really proved to be the difference. Um, as the Mavericks, Luca. Eight for 18, 21 points, five assists, seven rebounds. Not a great game for him, but obviously good enough as they actually, you know, rarely played defense today. And Hardaway just came off the bench crazy. 29 points for him. No Porzingis, no problem. Um, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, this one was simple. Like, Memphis doesn't have a lot of scores. They have a lot of good role players, but they need that. They need another score alongside Ja. Ja's not an explosive scorer either. He has the potential to, to explode from time to time, but he's not someone that's going to consistently go out there and give you 30. He's more of a guy that gets you low 20s and gets you high assist numbers, as you've seen last night with his 22 and 9. And the shots have to go somewhere. And if they're going to go to Valanciunas, 5 of 18 shooting, you see that's not a good shot distribution in me. I think they need to get some more players involved, like Kyle Anderson probably could have got more looks. He was only four of six. He probably can get more attempts than that. I think Brandon Clark could have probably got a little more attempts. But this was just a game where Dallas was the better team and a team at Memphis that can't hit a lot of threes. They were six of 31, 15 of 41 for Dallas. That was the biggest difference. Obviously, Tim Hardaway's going 7 for 11 off the bench with 29, 19 for Jalen Brunson. All of that, that contributing bench was the biggest difference and why you didn't need a, a great 
Luka Doncic game, but an average one was good enough to steal the victory. Yeah, and I think for the Grizzlies, we found out the one player, they've kind of been, you know, they're 500 this year without Jaron Jackson the entire season, without Ja for most of it, or for at least half of it at this point. But I think we found out the one player that they can't do without, and that's Dylan Brooks. I mean, they just couldn't really guard anyone, and they, they guarded them okay, I guess, but they couldn't score. Their offense was just out of rhythm. Um, Grayson didn't look like he wanted to, sh- wanted to shoot. And Dylan, as we know, is just going to shoot the ball at least enough to add that balance, and he can pass as well. So it's an interesting thing for the Grizzlies now as we find out kind of uh, – we, we all thought they could do it without anyone, at least to a decent level, because – I think if they had Dylan Brooks, they could beat this team with no Porzingis, but you lose that 15 to 20 points, and that obviously ends up being the difference. And the Grizzlies in the first quarter just had 13, so they just had nothing, had no answers. They just looked flat. And, I mean, hey man, the Mavericks just took advantage, and they just never really gave that up. Um, yep. oof, moving on to a beatdown, the Suns beat the Blazers 132-100. Um, the Blazers, hey man, they've been doing a lot this season without their team. They really have, they're, they're 18 and 12 even with this loss. This is one of the rare games where they just seemed like they were out talented and they, they always fight. Just wasn't going to be it for them tonight. It was a close game at halftime, even. They just scored, Suns just came out at halftime, shut them down to 17 in the third quarter. Um, that was all she wrote. Damian Lillard, 24 points, 9 to 17 shooting, seven assists out there. Gary Trent, rare off game for him, four of 18. Uh, three for 12 from deep, only 11 points for him. I mean, and again, another game from Simons and Anthony and Carmelo where they didn't really do great off the bench. Carmelo, four of nine, but he was minus 22. And Simons, two for eight out there, so not great. Uh, and for the Suns, Devin Booker, he started to just put it all together and explode. 12 for 17 out there, 34 points for him. Um, Aiton was right there as well with 19 as a plus 25, and really everything was clicking. Uh, they are now 9-0 and with Frank Kaminsky starting. Interesting stat for the Suns. As much as we yelled about Jay Crowder, and he was, again, in plus 19 off the bench, he's got to play. Um, I know what it is, but Kaminsky just goes out there, doesn't do anything, and that's perfect because they have three other power forwards and Sarge Crowder and uh, Ken Johnson who do all the heavy lifting. Very interesting dynamic. Um Darnell, what do you see out of this team? Yeah, I think for Phoenix, it's like amazing the way that they're starting to figure it out. They're getting solid minutes out of Chris Paul. He gave them nine assists and a plus 20, even though he only had two points. He was one of nine from the field. That's not that's a rarity. You don't see him normally see him struggle that much. You got Devin Booker go off for 34. He's capable of doing that on a nightly basis. And you got great production out of you know, DeAndre Aiden, he was 8 for 11 with his 19. He only gave you five rebounds, but it didn't really matter that much because wasn't a team. You weren't going against a team that was making a lot of shots. And for Portland, it's simple. Whenever Gary Trent and Damian Lillard can't make their jump shots, they're a team that's going to struggle because they don't really have that balance. They're missing Nurkic. They're missing Zach Collins. They're missing C.J., that's going to show up against one of the better teams in the West, like Phoenix. And Phoenix has proven they're one of the elite teams, and people are going to have to start respecting them a lot more. Because coming into the season, it was, yeah, they added Chris Paul, but this is a team that doesn't know how to win games. And can they put it all together? And they've shown that so far, so good. Hey, man, kudos, man, because Monty Williams, he was definitely on the hit list early. 
these dumb lineups, but he's changed it all around. Uh, they look very, they look really good. I mean, I don't know what it is. Kaminsky literally goes out there, plays 12 minutes a game. I mean, he plays 12 minutes in this one. He just, he just has to start for some reason. I don't really understand it. I don't get it, but they're not, I know when it happens. Monty sees something. And then just in big moments, they just play Crowder. I think it's partially the Crowder and Saritz lineup together. Those two are, because yeah. Crowder is going to score. And against the Blazers, they, I watched a little bit of it, and the Blazers just don't have a backup center. So Saritz was just going right to the basket. And, like, they can both shoot as well. It's all, it's all very interesting. I don't know. And I think yeah, Cam Johnson. Have a lot. Go ahead. They have a lot of depth. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're 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 one of the deepest teams in the league, um, and they haven't really dealt with a lot of injuries. The one injury they did deal with was Cameron Payne. That seemed like it was bothering them. But once he's come back, I mean, they're just grooving again. Just because he can ball handle off the bench enough, yeah. so now you have him and Etwan out there. I mean, yeah, they play they played everyone in the in on the team, and I'm looking. There's really no weakness. Langston Galloway is a solid player. Nader, we've seen at moments. So it's like it's all it's very. Very good team. Um, yeah, you got to give the front office credit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're very well put together. Um, they didn't give up too much for Chris Paul. Uh, Bridges, obviously, is hit. And so now you got two starters within the last two years. And as we know, Aiton, obviously, was the – even if he wasn't – it's a weird situation where he wasn't, obviously – I don't think he's better than Luca or Trey necessarily, but he's still the right pick. That makes any sense? Just because yeah. – his defense just really I mean, brings the whole team together. Mm-hmm. I think he's a top five center in the league. I've been saying that because just because he has the he can really neutralize anyone. I've seen him neutralize Embiid enough. I've seen him neutralize um, Jokic. So if you can do that, and then just let everyone else do that, and he can score on those guys too. Like he's not like a useless scorer. So it's very interesting. I mean the Suns. I mean, we saw it last year in the bubble, man. They went eight and zero in the bubble. The only time yeah. they were going to lose is when Aiden was gone for a half, and they were like trailing by like ten because he was like late to. I think he was late to testing or something like that. Um, oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I was watching like, damn, this team sucks without Aiden out there. <laughs> they couldn't stop anything. And he comes back in the game immediately. They start off like six for six, and they just took the lead. And I was like, oh wow, I see it now. I see the difference. Um, so yeah, they, they look really good. And I think he missed, he missed some of last season too, right? Cause of a drug suspension. If I remember correctly. Yeah. I think it was something. Yeah. He missed like 25 games or so. And, and, and they just missed the eight seats. So again, man, yeah. but that's, that's why they're like, all right, you know what? We're almost at a first Paul. And now they look like one of the best teams in the West. Um, so moving on from one best team in the West to another, the Jazz beat the Hornets 132-110. I watched this game, and I was really amazed because early LaMelo ball was crazy. I mean, he started <clears throat> missing shots down the stretch. He ended up shooting 8 for 20, 21 points. But he was really keeping them in the entire game. Gordon Hayward was trying his best he could as well. He was 9 of 15 with 21. Rare off game for Rogier. He's a minus 26 out there. Um, just missed every three. Because really, this game, it became a three-point shooting barrage for both teams. Um, and the Jazz ended up just being a little bit better on that end. Blake Monk, again, 20 off the bench for him. But for Utah, Donovan Mitchell started turning it up. He had 23 points, 8 for 17, 8 assists. 
And this bench, man, for the Jazz now, when you put Ingles back on it, you know, Ingles back on it because Conley starts. And Conley was a plus 22 as well. But Ingles plus 32 off the bench, 7 of 10 from deep, 21 points, 6 assists. Clark and, and the crazy thing about it is he doesn't take any efficiency away from Clarkson. He still goes out there and he has his 20 on 7-15 shooting. So he shoots the ball more than Ingles because Ingles is a passer for assists. And then if the angle got out there, this was really the stretch in the third quarter, in the beginning of the fourth, Utah, it was a, it was a close game, really. I mean, I think they were up one heading into the fourth. Yeah, they were. And they had 41 points in the fourth quarter because if Niang just started going crazy, seven of seven from deep. 21 points if he's just not going to miss it's not going to lose any games um so darnell what do you see out of this one yeah man this is proven this is like it's like starting to get funny the way utah just like discovers a new guy off the bench every other night like now it's niang's turn like 21 points and four for four from three in the fourth quarter he was seven to seven overall Seven of ten from Joe Ingles, five or ten from Clarkson. You're going to set a franchise record for three-point makes with 28 as a team. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of teams are going to be able to stop you, as we've seen. Utah is one of the teams that's they're kind of built like the old San Antonio teams, to where kind of they spread the ball around. They don't have necessarily the the high-end superstars that some of the other teams have, but they have, you know, all-star talent. They have great role players around them. They have a good coach. They have a good foundation, and they just play together. And that's the way they attack. They're playing a team of Charlotte who's their best when they have individual out, outbursts from individual stars like a Gordon Hayward or a Terry or a LaMelo. But when one of them struggles, and I, I don't think any of them had a, necessarily a great night, Maybe Gordon Hayward, he was 9 of 15, but he was 1 of 5 from 3. If those three aren't going to, you know, be the catalyst behind you getting a victory, then it's going to be tough, especially against a team that's having an all-time great shoot night. So Charlotte is a really good team. Well, I wouldn't say they're a really good team. They're a good team, but they're, Utah is just a different animal, man. And if you can score 132 points, it's really almost impossible to beat a team like that. This was one of the games where I'm watching. Oh, did you see? Did you see the Donovan Mitchell play too? Hang on. Oh yeah, I saw that. Hilarious. <laughs> I watched it live and I was like, "How did he get there?" Because I like he did the pivot and I'm looking to see where he's trying to pass it and I look and he's on the three point. I'm like, "How the hell?" And then later I see the replay. I'm like, "Oh my god, this dude really just <laughs> he did the whole Russell Westbrook Lebron travel." I'm like, "Oh, he has oh, yeah. superstar now. He can They just let him do that." And then hit the it, shot. It, you have to make the shot though. You can't do a play like that and miss the shot. Absolutely. That's one of the big, yeah. That's one of the keys. He drained it. It was hilarious. Um, but one of the so it's interesting when you watch a game like this to me, you kind of see things you kind of get a feel for, right? This was like one the one I was watching the most. Cause I'm sitting yeah. there, and if you haven't watched the jazz this year, I know that I know that the Utah Jazz, right? So you have this perception. Mm-hmm that they're like mm-hmm. not as entertaining. They're a top five fun NBA team to me. They're great to watch because of the ball oh, movement yeah. and the shooting. 
and the fact that Donovan Mitchell at any point, him and Clarkson, can at any point do something crazy. Like, I mean, some of the layups Donovan hits are just ridiculous out there. Yep. I mean, even though he was Clarkson kind of – Clarkson can mirror that too. Yeah, exactly. And so even though he went out there and he, well, he, he was a minus two because he had six turnovers, he was kind of the issue. He also was kind of the solution at points as well. Um, and they also win this game by 20 with 22 turnovers, which is ridiculous. But <clears throat> it's like – so so I'm watching, I'm like, man, the Hornets are really staying in there in this game. But then it's just like a feel I was getting. I was like, they – and the Hornets can score. You know, they end up scoring 110. I was like, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Jazz. They can't keep scoring like this because the shots they had to hit were just tougher than the Jazz were, were hitting. I mean, other than Don Mitchell – Everyone else is getting open threes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the Jazz are at some point going to win this game. I thought maybe by, like, five or seven. Okay, they're going to pull. And then they just barrage them in the fourth. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is a little different. This, I, was, I was getting Spurs. I was getting those Spurs vibes, like the Spur, like when they used to play the Heat in the finals. Yeah. What year? It's like 2012, 2013, I think. Those Spurs, because they just – the passing and the shooting was just ridiculous. And it just finds open guys and they all can hit them. And again, him being in the start, just Bogdanovich just being there and allowing Ingles to come off the bench with Clarkson makes them yeah. destructive. It's again, it's that Ginobili, Patty Mills thing. Because now what the hell do you do, right? If you're going to have both of them out there and then the Yang can just, you know, he hasn't done this all season. I don't think he's done this his whole career. But because last year, no, I always said, man, Niang, man, I watched Niang always miss shots. But today he didn't. I was watching like, bro, Niang's doing this? Oh, oh if he just yeah, he catches – I mean, he shoots 45% from deep. I just had never personally seen it. But I was like, oh, wow. All right, well, that's going to be what it is. And that's kind of the importance of Conley being in that starting lineup is just because now their bench is just ridiculous. We saw they won eight straight with him not there. Ingles can be a starter. Ingles yep. was there as a starter and helped them take the Nuggets to seven. You know? Yeah. It allows, uh, and it allows Joe Ingles to kind of play the backup point guard role. Yeah. Exactly. So he's the backup point guard. It's, it, really, it really looks like Ginobili and Patty. It really does. Because mm-hmm. then Clarkson can just be Patty out there. He can just shoot. That's what he wants to do. He's not a he's yep. a good passer too. We kind of overstated shooting a little bit, but he man, he's just such a dynamic scorer. That's what they want him to do. Everyone wants him to shoot the ball, man. Go ahead. Consistently give it. So I have a question real quick before we move on. Who do you think is who do you think would win in a series right now? The Jazz or the Suns? I would take the Jazz. Jazz. I would probably take the Jazz because they're just playing, like, at a different level. And I think in a seven-game series, it will be tougher to knock them off than a team like Phoenix, who they'll, I think they'll have a chance to win the couple. But I think overall, Utah is just a better team right now. How about – this is the one I've been thinking about, really been mulling it over. Jazz or the Clippers? That one's a little that's that one's a little tougher to me. I would probably lean towards I don't know. I don't know what Clipper team. I'm still 
riding. You know what Clipper this. team you're getting? The one that chokes. That's the one. I'm still getting. riding off of this high of the Clippers as this team that we expected before we saw the collapse last year. So after the collapse, I got to go with Utah. I I think for me, I've just seen them collapse. I'm using that right. I've seen them have collapses so many times in the regular season now. It's like you can just see it coming. That's almost yeah. what it is. It's like you know it's coming and they know it's coming. And then you're like, dang. Even if you were a member, right? Because mm-hmm. it'd be in games where they're trying super hard. They really wanted to beat the Jazz because the Jazz already beat them twice, right? Yeah. And they still almost lost the lead at the end. Like, it was really a four-point win when they were up 10 the whole time. And I was like, the Jazz? I looked over, and I turned the game off because like, oh, the Clippers are up 10 with, like, a minute 30 left. And I'm like, wait, how are the Jazz only down two with 12 seconds left? And, I mean, the Clippers end up hitting the free throws. But I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Why is this happening? And and another game I think about was the Lakers-Clippers early in the season. Where it was like, oh, the yeah. Clippers are here. You know what I mean? This was back when they had a fully energized Ibaka and full Batum. And they were up by like 20 at halftime. And then, yeah, I remember you look, that. then you look and it's suddenly four. And you're like, bro, what the heck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, so they're not like, nearly as good defensively as we thought they were going to be. Now, they're a bunch of fake defenders. And Utah actually can play defense. And that's the thing. Utah does not blow leads. So, that, like, I think I'd take the Jazz. I wouldn't take them against the Lakers. Lakers are healthy. I'm not going to ask that on defending champions. I think I'd take the Jazz over the Clippers just because I've seen Donovan Mitchell enough in the clutch to think he can do it over those guys. Yeah. And I just watched Jamal Murray do it against them. And I remember both of it when they were doing it to each other, it was it wasn't like Donovan or Jamal choked in any of those games. If everyone remembers that, because that series was really crazy. Both of them were just scoring 50. And it was just whoever had the ball last was going to win. Yeah. You couldn't fault Utah for losing that series. Like, they were right there. And they were playing against a team in Denver that's way better than we thought they were. Yeah. After knocking off the Clippers, they they didn't have a chance against the Lakers. But still, they had a great season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The West, West is really, really, really interesting. Um Hey, man, one team is out there, and they're fighting to make the East interesting. And I'm rooting for them because they really are pushing, <laughs> man. They're giving it all they got. The Wizards beat the Lakers 127-124. We told you guys this was the game to watch. I feel personally bad, right? I'm watching in the second quarter, and the Lakers are up 16. I'm like, you know what? If y'all can feel the energy I have today. Because I said, I'm going to bed. I wish I didn't have <laughs> I wish I didn't have this extra oomph, this energy today, man. I wish I'd have stayed up and been tired. Because the Wizards really came back in the fourth quarter again against a better team. And this time, what we've rarely seen the Lakers do is when they get one of these teams in overtime. First off, they don't really lose leads either, right? So they lost a lead. Yeah. Then when they get you in overtime, they normally just beat you. But no, the Wizards do that again. LeBron, another late kind of 
couldn't get it done, man. And one of these, I guess a team that you think they should beat. For the Wizards, hey, man, Russell Westbrook was amazing. 13 for 25, two turnovers, 32 points, 14 rebounds, nine assists. Bradley Beal just does what he does. 12 of 24, 33 points, six assists. Um, plus 16 for Robin Lopez off the bench. He had 13. I noticed early I was watching the game. I was like, yeah, Alex Lynn can't play because Montrezl Harold scored score 25 on him, which he did, by the way. Um, seven and seven, 10 and 17 shooting for Montrezl Harold, 26, second of all their scores. I was like, just put Robin in the game, please, because at least he can be big enough to kind of stop that. You know what I mean? And he kind of did enough. Um, Kuzma just couldn't quite do it, what he was doing to the Heat, 5 of 16, 14 points, 11 rebounds for him. KCP tried, man, 8 for 15 out there, 21 points, and LeBron, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists, 14 of 29 shooting, but 2 of 10 from deep, 8 turnovers. Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, this one was a head-scratcher. Like, the Lakers had the lead for the majority of the game, and like you said, the Wizards scratched and clawed in the second half to reclaim or to tie the game up and force them into overtime. And in overtime, they just scored one more basket than the Lakers. But for the Lakers, this one was – it really came down to not – or deciding to go – I think it was the start of the four, or overtime. They decided to play Martin Gasol over Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell had 26 points in 23 minutes, 10 of 17 from the field, nine rebounds. He was playing awesome. He should have got more minutes. He was obviously – he had it rolling. Marcus Gasol only had seven points, five rebounds, four assists, but he, he ended up falling out. But I just don't understand that move. I think Kyle Kuzma needs to be a little bit better. He was five of 16 shooting. But it was a one-possession game, and the Lakers look like they're a team that has tired legs right now. I don't love their – I don't. I actually don't love their roster, but they're the defending champions. They demand a certain respect around the league, and I think they're getting that right now. But the longer that they play without Anthony Davis and without Dennis Schroeder, having that second and third score, they might get it from, you know, a KCP on a, on a, off, on a random night. And – Trez might have a good game off the bench on a random night, but if they don't have their consistent second and third scores, it's going to be tough for them to, you know, continue to be at the top of the Western Conference. So they're going to they're going to struggle, I believe, in the, these next four weeks. Why I think Davis is out. We'll see how far they climb or how far they fall. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, after if you're from a later Laker perspective, after the All Star break, they can get a little bit more rested and get a little rejuvenated so they can go on the second half run because I think that's what it's going to take for them to, you know, ultimately reach their goal. Yeah, as we look at the difference with the West and the East, the Lakers right now, 22-10, and 10, uh, they've lost three in a row. They're now the third seed in the West, actually behind the Clippers. Um, ooh, that would be crazy, actually. Um, but – the Sixers right now, the one seed in the East with 20 wins. So that just tells you, obviously, the difference of conference. We've, we've known it. Um, the West is good. The East stinks. Um, yep. Mainly because the Spurs are just 16 and 11 sitting right there clogging everything up. <laughs> but this is what they do. They do every, every, basically every, most, most years, except for last year. 
Um, but I, so here's the thing. I'm going to go there again, right? Mm-hmm. I really think LeBron, bro, Embiid has got to be number one in the MVP race now, doesn't he? I mean, come on. If we're going to update, if we're going to update after, is this a three-game losing streak now for the Lakers? Yes. We're going to update the rankings after the recent stretch of play for the Lakers. It's no way LeBron has the top spot because I don't think he's been playing like it. They lost to the And Embiid coming off the 50-point game. like no. Exactly. It's got to be Embiid. It's got to be. And, um, again, we've seen them lose to the Nets. Nothing wrong with losing the Nets. Nets are the best team in the league right now. But the Nets, the yep. Heat, and the Wizards, that's – I believe they were all – are they at home for the Heat one? I don't remember. They were at home for this one. Um, I don't even think Heat or home and away games don't even matter anymore. That's true. Just for the travel aspect. They don't yeah, matter. You know. I, I just I, I'm really actually excited about this, right? Because if the Jazz mm-hmm. can just keep doing what they're doing, we might, we might, they we might get it. It won't be in the conference finals because I don't trust the Clippers. But if we I just want to see it. Just because I think it would just be so entertaining. It's Clippers, Lakers. Lakers would beat them. But I do want to see it. <laughs> you know, the build up is yeah. for two years, man. It's the only team I want to see the Clippers face. Although right now they're matched up against the Nuggets, and I don't know if they could beat them. <laughs> but they should without Jermaine Grant. They really should. But who knows? But damn it, I need Clippers, Lakers. I need it bad. I actually, yeah, I will, yeah, give me Clippers, Lakers, just for individual matchups. But as far as overall, I would rather see – I would rather see Lakers and Utah, honestly. I think we'll that see might be just, another. Yeah. That might be down the road more. So, yeah, early on. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll, we'll see it. I just – I just – I just need – I, I need Utah to just keep that one seed, right? Do that. I need yep. the Suns to just keep the four seed. Spread out a little bit, you know what I mean? Give Lakers Clippers the two three matchup, please. I need it. I need all of that. All right. That would be perfect. That would, would be the be, perfect one. It would be perfect. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, this is beautiful. And then even even if you just put oh, and give me Clippers Nuggets again. So if they really don't deserve it, they don't get it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'll take that. All right, Darnell, here we go. It was fun time of the day. Game of the day, player of the day, coach of the day, dickhead of the day. Who you got for me? All right, so for my player of the night, I'm going to go with Devin Booker with 34 points. And I think he, yeah, 34 points for Devin Booker. I'm going to go with Devin Booker's victory over Portland. I think they win by 34, I believe. Do I got that right? 30, yeah, 32. 32. 32. 34, whatever. 32, 34, whatever, same thing, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go with that game. 
as my – or that I'm going to go with him as my player tonight for my game of the night. I'm going to go with Washington and the Lakers because it was a close game. Or it wasn't that close of a game, and then it finished close. And you got the underdog, sort of say, finishing out with the victory. So I'm going to go with Washington over the Lakers as my game of the night. For my coach of the night, I'm going to go with Scott Brooks because he figured out a way to beat the defending champion Lakers. And he's figuring out a way to get the Washington Wizards to 11 wins, which is – you know, great for them because they're a team that obviously struggled getting out of the gates and it didn't look like there was much hope for the season and looked like there was going to be another wasted year of Bradley Bill, but maybe Bradley Bill can play some meaningful basketball this year. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But my is do I only have left as dickhead of the day? Yes. This is tough, man. Because I don't tough. think anyone did anything that was necessarily that bad. I agree. But there has to be someone. Yeah. Because I I kind of bailed out. I'm going to go with... I don't have a dickhead in there. Come on, boo. I (laughs) I have nothing. have nothing man uh, all right my game of the night uh wizards lakers 127 124 my coach of the night scott brooks i mean he's got these guys on a five game winning streak with pure adjustments and i didn't think scott brooks is great adjusting because we really doing this with smoke and mirrors behind two dudes and we know one of them has flaws my player of the night damn it is that one with the flaws russell westbrook 32 14 and 9 he saw no Anthony Davis and said, damn it, I can just go to the basket on these dudes if yeah. nobody going to be out here stopping me. Um, phenom- and he only had two turnovers. A phenomenal game for Russell Westbrook out there. He only shot one three. So, you know what? Damn it, Russ, you really earned it, man. I admire this guy. One way or another, man, he is amazing every night. And <clears throat> I have a dickhead of the day. Mine is Wesley Matthews. For getting cooked Ooh, by Russell Westbrook. That's a good one. <laughs> Scoring zero points. Being a minus 11. 26 minutes. <laughs> the worst plus minus on the team. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Yeah, he stunk. So all mine coming from one game is a great game. Should have stayed up. Should have, should have had my energy, man. Should have, should have given up the energy for the game. But that's okay. Tonight, we get the Celtics and the Mavericks. Oh, man. Wow, that's a great game because they both are so flawed. <laughs> I know. I hope Porzingis can play. It would be a lot better if he was out there. I think the Celtics going to lose regardless, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. They stink. But I, I, I kind of want to see the Celtics collapse. Like, I want to see the yeah. I want to see the end of – I want to see something shake up with the Celtics because I want to see them on thin ice. They've been, like, riding this high and making it to the conference finals every year, and now they're struggling, and I want to see if they shake things up. My man wants to see the end of Brad Stevens as we know it. 
Celtics Twitter agrees with you. They also want to see the end of Brad Stevens. So if so, I would one thousand percent take him over JB Bickerstaff as a head coach. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> so if he gets fired, I got a job lined up for him. Oh man. If he gets fired, he's going right back to college to do he's like, man, because he already had all the talent. He really did have all the talent you could ask for. That man going right to a big school in college. No way. He's got to stay in the league. He's too good. Nah. But he's been getting exposed lately. Yeah, so is he know, that maybe good? He's not, maybe what, he's not that good. That's what I'm saying. Is he that good? Is he too good? Oh, he's too good. He can go. He can go right back. Let me think, man. He can go to any. He can go to a big school. I'm trying to think who doesn't have a good coach right now. Because Duke and UNC are fine. Yeah, Kentucky and Kansas. Uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. But like, would they like? Uh, they'd have to know he's going there before they just fire Calipari or Self. Yeah. Right. But those two are always overrated anyway. So you know what? <laughs> Kentucky doesn't even get all the best players anymore. They're not going to get the best players. If Duke's just going to take the strategy and use it. The strategy is broken. If you, I don't know if you watch college basketball this year, but the best team in the conference or the best conference is the Big Ten, and they're nowhere near the top of their recruiting rankings. That makes sense. Well, because, yeah, because COVID just messed up everything. COVID just broke everything. So you didn't get to watch – I don't know. High school players missed a year of high school basketball. So like they're even less prepared now than they were then. And there's no there's no off season. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know I know Duke's been struggling this year. But oh yeah, they might not even make the tournament. Yeah, no. Down bad, bad. Hey man, another game. It's a lot of. It's a lot of talented freshmen that's coming in that I can't wait to talk about. Cause... I got followed, man. You know the last time I watched college basketball was Zion, just because I had to. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's not my fault that COVID happened the next year and ruined it. I know. It really did. It ruined the momentum. Yeah. Oh, but two more games tonight to watch for. The Blazers play the Nuggets. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Two more flawed teams. And, man, if they pull this off, man, the Wizards play the Clippers. Going for six straight. That'll be amazing. I don't think we're going to do have it. to take all the all the, all the Russell Westbrook slander has to come. You've got to take all that back if they win against the Clippers after beating the Lakers. Yep, I will. I gave him player of the night tonight. I'm doing the best <laughs> I can. So we'll see. Yep, we will see. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. We should be back at full strength tomorrow. But for Darnell Jones, this is Demetrius Mason. And uh, till next time. Later. <laughs>